Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can build your dream business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Well, hello and welcome to My Business Playbook. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we are talking all things Facebook ads. Woo, this is going to be good. Now, I wanted to, before we start, and you know, I have a wonderful guest today who is an expert at Facebook ads, but I wanted to share uh, some of my experience on Facebook ads and just let you know some of the strangest comments I have received on Facebook ads just so that one day when you run your own ads, you're not alarmed when you get some strange comments. I'm going to just share just a few that have have come up in my time. I've taken some screenshots. They're right here. Uh, I've had someone comment saying, I want to be Satan. Um, So that was good. That was nice. I had posted a photo of me without shoes on. I wasn't wearing any shoes and people commented. I had a number of people who evidently had some sort of weird foot fetish. Someone said cute feet. The other said they posted a photo with a lady, a stock image with a lady with a foot right up next to her face saying the queen of all feet ads would approve this. That that was a good one. Uh, Another one was when. Like, I don't know. I guess I I have a pretty big smile and probably big teeth, maybe. I don't know. Uh, But (laughs) the amount of people who have commented saying things about my teeth. Uh, Someone said, thank you for reminding me for a dental checkup. Someone also said, amazing teeth. Uh, There was one point where actually I took this feedback on board. Not all of the feedback, you know, most of it I just kind of laugh at and then whatever. This one I did take on board and actually I took it a little bit to heart. I was wearing these glasses. They were reading glasses, but to be fair, they were too big for my face. And the people on Facebook told me <laughs> I had, there was a photo I would post it and I had my glasses on and I don't wear them anymore. I, I got rid of them after this. Uh, someone said, beautiful woman, strange glasses. Uh, another person said she is all teeth and glasses. And then someone replied and came to my defense and said, and you're all dickhead and headphones, which, you know, I, I appreciated that. Having said that, they were right. That feedback I took on board. Uh, there was one guy who commented on a number of different, like he commented on Instagram, he commented on Facebook, he comments regularly. And he kept saying that someone was trying to kill him. And he said, very bloody nostalgia day after day, no change. no punctuation I don't know I'm concerned for him and then he said he's European too much or NASA too much uh I don't know what that one meant but I I am concerned for that guy because he he, I don't know he seems a bit confused he kept telling me that people were trying to kill him and so I I don't know I didn't really know what to say to him anyway (laughs) I'm telling you all of these things. And I'm sure there's way more. I actually don't look at them anymore because, you know, when the glasses thing happened for me, I was like, oh my goodness, they are too big for my face. Look at them. Anyway, so then I changed my um, glasses, but I don't look at them anymore. Okay. It's important to not do that. Um, But I'm telling you all of this to intro our wonderful guest today. We're talking all things Facebook ads. So 
Alvero Berrios. He is a Facebook ads expert working with online entrepreneurs who sell digital products and services. Currently, his team manages over $2 million in annual ad spend across all of his clients. He actually is our Facebook ads manager. And so I know he is good at what he does. And I'm so thrilled to have him here today talking all things Facebook ads. You're going to learn trends to look for in 2022, what type of ad spend you should be really starting with if you're, if you're starting out and how to know if you're really ready to outsource your ads. You're going to learn a bunch in this really short interview. I know you're going to love it. So let's dive into my conversation with the wonderful Alvero. Woo. Well, Alvero, it is so good to be chatting with you, my friend. I'm so excited for this conversation. We're going to be talking all things Facebook ads and the glorious the glorious world of Facebook ads. <laughs> First off, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. Uh, for anyone listening, Alvera and his team look after all of our ads at Lala Social Club. So this is kind of, this is good because we, we chat most weeks. So it's kind of nice to just be like <laughs> hitting record on our conversation. And we're just going to do a deep dive into Facebook ads. But firstly, can you tell me a little bit about your business? How did you start? How did you come to be a Facebook ads expert? Yeah, so um, I run a Facebook ads agency. And funny enough, I, I actually got started in Facebook ads completely by accident. So my marketing career, so to speak, got started when I was still working at my last corporate job. And I was actually in charge of Google ads. So I, I started off in the Google ads world. And um, the company I was working for at the time, they actually ended up firing the guy that was in charge of Facebook ads. Um, so they put me in charge of that because, okay, you're doing the Google ads. Why don't you just do the Facebook ads as well? And um, it was quite a trial by fire because the company, I mean, they spend $10,000 a month um, uh, on Facebook ads. So as someone who was completely new, um, it was very scary and very intimidating, but also it just allowed me to learn very quickly because I had to, I didn't, I didn't have a different choice. And, um, you know, as time went on, I actually realized that I enjoyed Facebook ads more than I did Google ads. So um, I actually <laughs> ended up quitting and uh, starting my own agency. So that kind of... Um, lucky moment of them just randomly giving me Facebook ads is what uh, ultimately led to my resignation, uh, which I'm sure if they could go back on, they, they probably wouldn't do that, but uh, <laughs> it, it worked out for me. <laughs> That's so, I didn't, I did not know that. That's amazing. <laughs> and so we met through our mutual friend, Colin Boyd, who I love, and he's one of my coaches. And then we also, I interviewed Rick Mulready and he's like, kind of been the ads guy that we mm -hmm. learned a bunch of ads things from him and then realized you're like his protege kind of thing <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> would you call I yourself was... his protege i don't know <laughs> oh no totally totally yeah i mean rick's support in his programs and his <laughs> trainings totally helped me get started um so i was a part he, he doesn't offer this program anymore but um when he when he still had it, i was part of his um, Facebook agency program. So I basically had a, you know, start and run in Facebook ads agency. And then um, I also was part of his accelerator uh, group coaching program. And um, so, yeah, you know, Rick, Rick and I, we, we go back a couple of years now at this point and, um, you know, we keep in touch. He's, he's a phenomenal guy. Yeah. And it's, it's really funny how small the world gets. Like it's, it's cool and wonderful yeah. and weird, <laughs> but I want to talk about Facebook ads today because I know that a lot of our audience either feel skeptical about ads, they feel like, 
Uh, do people even, you know, click on ads on Facebook <laughs> or they feel like I've tried, I have no idea where my money went and or they've simply never tried ads before. They've never actually advertised anything through Facebook or Instagram before. So I want to talk about that. You are kind of, as you know, as I've said, you look after our ads, but you also manage over $2 million in annual ad spend across all of your clients. So you have navigated all the changes across Facebook. You've, you've done a lot of this uh, time and you're seeing what's working right now. So this is really a really cool conversation because mm-hmm. I know that you have your finger on the pulse in what's working. <laughs> so let's talk Facebook ads. What is the current state of Facebook ads? Where are things at right now? Yeah, so the current state of affairs is very interesting, um, and that mostly has to do with the fact of the changes that took place last year with the iOS 14.5 update, which um, allows people to opt out of being tracked. So kind of to make a a long story short, um, because probably most of your audience already knows about that update, but um, it means we have incomplete data inside of Facebook. So if you're looking at your Facebook ads dashboard and you see that you have 10 conversions, well, there's, you know, a very good probability you actually maybe have 15 or even 20, right? So so that is um, obviously challenging in two respects. One, you know, you, you can't make decisions as easily as you used to. And, um, you know, the second part is that the algorithm now has less data to optimize um, off of. So there's kind of like the two barriers to overcome. So kind of the current state of affairs is utilizing other platforms in order to get a full picture of what is actually going on with your Facebook ads. Uh, because before you could just simply look inside a Facebook ads manager and you know, you'd be fine, but now that's just not the case. And so, you know, what I recommend to everyone now is you need to have uh, first and foremost duplicate funnels. Meaning if you're sending traffic to a certain opt-in or whatever it might be, uh, you know, with the lead magnet or a webinar or a challenge, whatever it might be, right. You're going to have one landing page for your organic traffic and then another landing page for your uh, pay traffic or Facebook specifically in this case. And then you also want to be tracking your data with Google analytics at the same time, because thankfully Google analytics, it's actually not impacted by iOS 14.5. That's only um, an update that impacts apps on your phone and Google Analytics is not an app on your phone. It's actually just, you know, tagged on websites. So thankfully with that, you know, you actually still can get a full picture. You have to do all these manual calculations to get like your true cost per conversion and all this kind of stuff. So it is a little bit more work, but um, at the end of the day, when you combine those factors of having dedicated Facebook ad funnels and Google Analytics, you still can get the full picture and make the right uh, decisions in terms of how to optimize your campaigns. So as long as you are willing to put in that extra legwork, you know, you should still be fine. So yeah, it is it is more work. No, no one likes more work. But um, you know, what I always tell people is that uh, your competition <laughs> probably feels the same way. And so if they're hesitant to put in extra work, then um, you by putting in that work, you're already ahead of your competition. Yeah. And I, I think that makes so much sense. And that's something we've seen and we've been telling our students too even if you're starting out, like I think a lot of the time people feel like, oh my gosh, Facebook ads, too hard basket. Like I can't even, I just can't even deal. Like they kind of feel (laughs) a bit like overwhelmed and confused. Facebook ads manager can feel a little bit scary. So I love that even though this is something that huge companies 
are implementing, like they're trying to adapt to these changes with Apple iOS 14.5. They're trying to adapt to that as well. They're doing these same strategies that a small business owner can be doing as well. I love Mm -hmm. that it's kind of the great leveler in online marketing because it means that we are all kind of in the same boat and starting Mm -hmm. from the same position in a sense. So, if we can rewind back. So, someone who is starting out, someone who says, okay, cool. I, you know, a lot of our audience, they recognize that they need to be uh, building their email list, right? They need to have a lead magnet. They need to have something that gets people to to opt into their email list. No one's going to opt into your email list to stay in the know. They actually need uh, something compelling, right? Mm-hmm. So, for someone starting out who says, okay, cool, I want to promote my lead magnet. I want to promote my freebie, whether it's a PDF, you know, you said a webinar or a challenge. Mm -hmm. What do you think are the must-haves in a campaign like that, starting from scratch? Yeah, starting from scratch. That's a good question. So first and foremost, I mean, kind of taking a step back before we even talk about Facebook ad stuff is, I mean, you do want to have an end goal in mind, meaning it's great to grow your email list, but if if that doesn't eventually lead to something of, you know, someone purchasing something at some point, then growing an email list just for the sake of growing it isn't really going to do anything. So just make sure you have a plan in mind of what that free lead magnet is going to do for you and your business in order to get more customers. Then, you know, once you have that mapped out, you have to have a couple of considerations in place. You know, first of all, it's going to be your targeting on Facebook. There's a gazillion targeting options, you know, available to everyone. So you do have to first and foremost navigate those. Um, I know it can seem intimidating, but uh, what I always recommend people to do is just to combine similar interests uh, within the same campaign. Meaning, while yes, you could throw in you know a hundred different interests into a single campaign. You know, if your if your results are good or bad, you're not going to really know what's causing that. But if you create campaigns with um, similar interests, so for example, the easy example I always like to use, you know, if you're targeting fans of Tony Robbins and Brendan Bouchard, who are both personal development experts, you're right, those are very two similar interests. They're going to have two very similar audiences, so it makes sense to combine those. It wouldn't make sense to combine, you know, um, Tony Robbins with, let's say, Microsoft or something like that, right? Because you know, while your audience may like Microsoft, um, combining that with Tony Robbins, you know, you're not going to know what's actually generating the results or generating the bad results, you know, depending on how what what the outcome is. And then the next thing is that you want to consider is your budget. So when it comes to a conversion campaign, you do have to spend more than you would, for example, for a video views campaign or an engagement campaign, simply because conversion campaigns, it just costs more to get in front of, you know, those types of people that might opt into your lead magnet. So the minimum you can be spending for any uh, campaign or ad sets is a dollar, but I certainly wouldn't recommend spending a dollar a day on a conversion campaign for a lead (laughs) magnet. Um, You know, really in order to give the algorithm enough data, uh, you know, I would recommend probably a minimum of $20 a day. You know, you can probably get away with 15, but if you, if you can get to 20, um, I would certainly advise that in order to just add, you know, that fuel that the algorithm needs. And then lastly, the thing that people need to keep in mind is you certainly want to be testing different variables when it comes to your ads themselves, because I always tell people, 
they obsess a little bit too much with all the settings and buttons inside of Facebook Ads Manager. And while those are important, don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, when no, no, no one sees that. The only thing that people see is your ad, right? So they're not looking at the settings that you have inside of Ads Manager. All they see is your ad when it shows up in their newsfeed. So you certainly want to put a lot of time and effort and thought into your ad copy and your creative. And so you want to test different types of messages um, that could potentially resonate with your audience, uh, different types of creatives, such as images versus video and stuff like that. And so as long as you're being very intentional with how you're structuring your ads and what it is that you're actually trying to determine, you know, that game plan will really help you uh, quickly gather some good data and uh, you'll be able to use that for when you start scaling up your campaigns um, to higher spend or whenever you reach that launch where you're going to spend, you know, maybe a couple hundred or a couple thousand dollars. Cool. So, and one thing I love about your approach, Alvaro, is that you test a lot of different ideas. So you're testing different creative, you're testing kind of different combinations of this headline with this, this kind of primary text with this imagery or a video. I love that it's kind of like, uh, Tetris or like a little Rubik's cube of <laughs> mixing and matching and figuring out, okay, what resonates like with this particular audience in this particular like type of creative. And I love that it's kind of, it's not set and forget. It's not, Hey, I'm going to just put a thousand dollars on this ad and just see how it goes because that really isn't going to generate the results that you need long term, mm -hmm. which is understanding a bit more about your audience and then being able to scale the data that you get. I love that that's your approach and that's helped us a bunch too because we've been able to see, okay, what types of messages really resonate with our audience? What types of images resonate? Mm -hmm. So for us, like it's funny, but uh, photos or images that feel organic, uh, videos that feel organic, if it's like a selfie, they seem to resonate more than a beautifully designed graphic for mm -hmm. us, right? Like mm -hmm. it's it's kind of funny that that I kind of would have thought, oh, okay, we, we should have beautiful graphics that are attention grabbing and, and that works for some things. But overwhelmingly, I kind of see that the more organic it feels, the less it feels like an ad. Do you see that with other people as well? Totally. Yeah. So I, I do have a number of clients where it's the same outcome for them, where like just the most basic, simple type of images are the ones that end up working best. And I think as to what you said right there is that it doesn't actually feel like an ad. So when something when something feels like an ad, people's guard go up because they know you're actually trying to sell them on something, so to speak. And so they're going to be a little bit more hesitant and so on and so forth. But if your ad doesn't feel like an ad and it just feels like an organic post that they're reading from their friend, you know, the then you you know that for a lot of people um they prefer that and so they're more likely to actually read your ad and ultimately opt in um it's not the case for everyone though i do have some clients where it's literally the polar opposite where like the most ad looking ads you know where something just screams that it's an ad is what actually what works best for them so you know this <laughs> this is what goes back to you know you have to test these things right so because it's going to be different from from business to business for sure and i think it is really knowing your audience hey like it's mm. I think what I see a lot of people do is they go, oh, ads are different to marketing. It's different. Like 
when actually the principles are the same. You need to communicate with clarity. You need to have a message that resonates with your people. You actually need to think about the look and feel and, and what they're going to engage with more. You have to know your audience. It's actually, it's, I think some people separate them and compartmentalize them and think, oh, what I post on my Instagram or, you know, what I do on my website or what I do organically is completely different to what I do in my ads. And yes, there's a different, like that you can differentiate that. But I do think the principles still apply, right? Like there's still Mm -hmm. a connection point between what you're doing organically and what you're doing with paid ads. Yeah, totally. Uh, What I always tell people is that, I mean, people... You know they're going to explore your your business, right? So they might see an ad that might be their first encounter with your brand, and so and whatnot. And so then you know hopefully they opt in or they make a small purchase, whatever it might be. But that's not the end of the the journey, right there. Um, you know they they are going to check you out on social media. You know what what you're doing and saying on Instagram, what you're doing and saying on Facebook, and so you know those two things they certainly do line up a lot of the times. And so if you're saying completely different things and have completely different types of creatives and stuff like that, it may come off as a little weird for people like, okay, why, why is the ad completely different from, you know, their Instagram profile? But if things are consistent, uh, the messaging is consistent, the feel is consistent, then, you know, people um, are probably going to be a lot more open to that and and have the, a stronger no like, and trust factor, which is ultimately what you want to be doing with anything, whether it's paid or organic, really the, the, the goal is to build that no like, and trust factor so that, you know, at some point this person becomes a paying customer. Yes. I think I love that. That makes so much sense. And so for you, like you kind of work with a lot of course creators, um, in like more of a launch kind of setting where yep. it's like, Hey, the, the cart is open for X amount of days and then it closes off again. In that space, and this is a space that I'm in, right? Mm-hmm. In that space, there is a lot of noise. There are so many course creators, especially now. What would you say to someone, whether they're a course creator or whether they're in a different industry, what would you say to someone who feels like the market is too crowded or there isn't enough room for them? Yeah, it's a good question. So there's there's kind of two ways to answer that um, or good Two good responses, I, I would say. One is, and I, I don't, ha- unfortunately, I don't have the numbers memorized off the top of my head, but there's like stats on, you know, the size of the course creator market and where it's expected to go over the, over the next 10, 15, 20 years. And it's going to grow a lot. So <laughs> just by looking at those numbers alone, you know that there's still some space out there. Um, so I definitely encourage people to look that up. But kind of just beyond that, what, what I say is that oftentimes, it can certainly seem like the market is saturated. And the the reason it feels like that is because all of your competitors are saying the exact same thing. And so what I always tell people is that make sure that you're coming in with something that's fresh, unique, and different. You, You may be selling a very similar product or service or whatever it might be, but if your messaging is different, if you come in at a different angle, if you touch upon different pain points, if you emphasize different benefits, then it's going to feel new and unique to the market and you're going to have that greater connection because certainly a lot of markets are ultra competitive and you know the one that really comes to mind 
Oh, for me, in, in terms of some of the clients that I deal with, is the the weight loss market, right? There's tons and tons and tons of people in the weight loss market with different programs um, in that field. And, you know, I work with clients in, in that market. And one of the biggest things that we do before we put anything together for our clients is that we look at what the competition is saying, because we don't want to be saying the exact same thing. We want to be uh, different. We want to stand out in the newsfeed and, um, you know, let people know that we have a, an original style of thinking, so to speak. Yeah, that's such such good advice. And I think it's the and it probably just goes across the board when it comes to marketing is actually we need to be we kind of need to hone in on the things that make us different. And I think sometimes when people say that it feels like, well, you know, I'm a photographer. Like how different can I be? <laughs> I have a camera, I take the photos. Like I think, you know, like sometimes mm-hmm. it's like this is it is what it is. I I mm-hmm. run a cafe or I do this thing and it's like you know for me I'm like we we do we help creatives to market their business and we help them to cut through the noise how do we put a different spin on that so it feels unique and it feels like something different in the market and I think that is if you can figure that out uh that is a really powerful thing for your marketing because it makes everything more laser focused. It makes everything have more impact. And and for me, I think about, and this is the big thing. I remember Alvera, when we started working together, I was like, look, I've worked with agencies before who didn't understand the look and feel and they didn't mm-hmm. understand the voice. And as a creative person and as someone who wants to speak to creatives, that is so important. The vibe is <laughs> yeah. important. The mm-hmm. the branding is important. And like that was one of my big things I said to you. I'm like, Alvera, I don't <laughs> like whatever we do, we just can't like the copy has to feel like me. It has to actually be consistent with what someone would see on my organic mm-hmm. channels as well. And so I think it's really important, and I've made this mistake before, working with other agencies where I haven't known what my point of difference was and Mm -hmm. so I've been like oh okay well you know I I I haven't been able to articulate this is our voice this is our look and feel this is our person this is who we're speaking to and when you don't know that it makes advertising and it makes marketing in general difficult because Mm -hmm. you're kind of you do get lost in the noise because you don't know what your thing is yet and so Mm -hmm. Do you feel like when people come to you and they, like, uh, is there ever a point where you think someone's not ready to be running ads? Is there a point where you think, oh, no, nah, they're not ready to start amplifying what they're doing yet? Yeah, well, 100%. So uh, this is actually probably the most common mistake that I often see is people jumping too soon in terms of hiring an ads manager. And I always tell people you know, even even though you might really hate it, you want to run your own ads for as long as possible. Um, and there's a couple of reasons for that. One, um, it's because you, Facebook ad managers were not 
you know, these magical wizards that can just like conjure up customers uh, when there's not a product that they, they don't want to buy. Right. <laughs> so you have to you have to validate whatever your offer is. And, you know, this totally ties into what you were saying is that sometimes you're going to have to really practice on your messaging and and the way you approach the market in order to feel different and unique. And that takes time. I'm not I'm not saying that it's easy. You know, even if you are analyzing your competition, you know, it can be very challenging to say, hey, I'm a, I'm a different photographer or I'm a, I'm a different cafe. So you certainly want to to practice that because again, we can't force people to buy something that they don't want or buy something that just feels like it's the same as as everything else. So you want to wait until you get to a point where you know when you put money into Facebook ads, you're going to get money back. And so then it's at that point that you can feel comfortable scaling up, you can hire an ad manager. And the other benefit of running ads yourself is that when it comes to that point of hiring an ads manager and start scaling up your spend and all that kind of stuff is that when you're in the interview process, you're going to be able to weed out the the good managers from the bad managers because you know unfortunately the reality is, is that there are a lot of bad actors in the market. Uh, you know I've heard a lot of horror stories uh, from people in terms of the the ad manager that they ended up working with, they got ghosted with, or they got ripped off, whatever it might be. But um, you know you may not be able to spot those um, red flags, so to speak, if you're not familiar with Facebook ads yourself. Um, but if you are familiar with Facebook ads, you can ask good questions and based upon the ad manager's responses, right? You can typically find, figure out who, okay, who's the good bad manager and who's the bad manager. So for all those reasons, um, I actually definitely do encourage people to, to wait as long as possible to really start ramping up their, their ad spend and um, hiring an ad manager because there's several steps that you have to go through before you get to that point. Yeah, I love it. That's your advice because, you know, I think a lot of the time, sadly, there there are a lot of people who play on the fact that the their prospect doesn't understand the language, doesn't understand the technical elements of, of running ads. And so they'll say things like, you know, they'll show you screenshots and be like, you know, we got this client um, this type of ROAS and you're like, what is ROAS? Like what? That sounds like some sort of, I don't know. It sounds like some weird, I don't know what it sounds like, something, but it's like, what, what is that? And so I think mm-hmm. sometimes people can, you know, try to pull the wool over your eyes and, and like kind of make you think, Ooh, like they're going to just, like you said, like they're just going to be magical unicorns that are just going to explode my business. And I always say to people when they come to us for a marketing strategy, I'm like, hey, this is where you should start with your ads. Eventually, the goal would be once you've you've worked some of these things out, then the goal would be to potentially outsource this uh, if it's not your skill set. Mm-hmm. But the thing with ads is it's only going to amplify what is already there. It's not going to magically turn your business around if if your offer isn't selling mm-hmm. organically it's highly likely it's not going to sell just if you spend some more money to reach more people with it right, right? so it's like mm-hmm. this thing i find that people go oh like i spent this much money and i saw no return it's like well does anyone buy that when you speak to them on the phone if mm-hmm. not they're probably not going to buy it from a cold ad where they're not even aware of who you are like right. i think it's actually it's amplifying what you're already doing. It's kind of like if you're a musician and you like are playing an acoustic guitar and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to play an electric guitar. I'm going to plug it in. And 
if you can't play, it's not going to sound any better when you plug it into an amp and then you're like, great, more people can hear this. It doesn't make it better. It just makes right. it louder, you know? So, mm -hmm. it's like the exact same thing. And so, I feel like I love what you're saying around, hey, you actually need to know if your offer, you need to validate your offer. So, mm -hmm. your offer is essentially what you are selling to the market, what you're offering to the market that is of value. You need to actually test that with in just an organic way before you mm -hmm. start paying to get people into that system. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, th and then, you know, I, I learned this <laughs> as, as a mistake I made in my business. Cause you know, when you first start an ads agency, anyone that, you know, comes to you like, yeah, of course I can help you sell your offer. No problem. Um, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I've learned <laughs> since then. And, um, you know, I'm actually the one now telling people, actually, you shouldn't be hiring me at this moment because you haven't validated your offer. Uh, cause I've actually experienced that where, you know, we run ads to, um, you know, a, a certain webinar for an unproven course, you know, even if I get thousands of people into that webinar, if no one wants the course, then, you know, it was all for nothing. So that validation period is uh, super important. 100%. Yes. So, and one thing I want to get your thoughts on, because what I love about your approach is that you, when you're running ads, you are thinking about a few different audiences. You have your cold audience that is like, People, like you said, the the example before of Tony Robbins and that other guy. What was his Brandon name? Richard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brandon Richard. Yeah, Brendan Richard. So you've got those those two interests, and you're just targeting people who are interested in them, and they may not have had any connection to you prior, right? Like they're mm -hmm. just kind of cold. But yep. we're we're targeting those people. So that's kind of like your cold audience, and then you have your warm audience, which is people who have already visited your website or maybe they follow you on Instagram or maybe they're in your email list. And what I think a lot of people do is they just go cold audience. They're just like, I just want to attract new people. Mm -hmm. And what I love about your approach is that you are thinking about, well, how do we actually uh, reach and convert people who are already aware of you? Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about why you think it's so important to build your organic audience. So your Instagram followers, your email list, those types of things alongside running paid ads. Why, why is that so important? Yeah. So there's a couple of reasons. And the first one is actually one that most people probably don't actually realize, but believe it or not, Facebook rewards you for being active organically. Um, meaning if you are never posting anything on your Facebook business page or your Instagram business page, and you're strictly running ads through your business, believe it or not, your ad costs are, are going to be higher than someone else going after the same exact audience, um, you know, in the same field. And that's because Facebook, they don't want you just to be an advertiser. They, they actually want to, you to be an active participant of the platform. And that means posting organically. So that's kind of one, one reason that you know people actually usually don't 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 realize but some of the other reasons it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier and it's it's building that no like and trust factor so it is challenging while not impossible it is challenging for someone to see your facebook ad and then you know buy uh, a $2,000 program from you a couple a couple of days later, right? If, if they had never heard of you before or anything <laughs> like that. So the more you can actually build up your organic audience and get 
um, allow people to get to know you over a longer period and, you know, read your emails, see your posts, watch your videos, all that kind of stuff, it's going to build that no like and trust factor. And so when it comes time for your launch, they're already you know, 50% convinced, so to speak. And so the the launch itself is just kind of like that final step that they need to take in order to make that purchase. So you definitely want to be focusing on the organic side um, just as much as you want to be focusing on the paid side as well. Yeah, I think that's such a good, I think that's a really holistic strategy. And it means that, you know, I, I know a lot of our audience, they show up really well organically, they add value to their audience, they're always thinking about, okay, what can I do to grow my audience on Instagram, my Facebook group or whatever they're doing? And so I think it's then going, all right, let's look at what's performing well and then look at running ads. I think your organic channels are a really good kind of litmus test of what could be happening and what you can amplify in your Facebook ads. And one thing that we've done is – taking some of our videos that we've done in reels and just repurposing them for ads Mm -hmm. and they've been great engagement pieces they're not no call to action they're just kind of there to engage i guess Mm -hmm. so there are ways that you can do it so that you're repurposing some of your existing organic content right Totally, yeah. I mean, if, if something works extremely well organically, there's a very, very high probability it's going to work well as an ad. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's a great testing ground as well. And it also works in reverse. If you put something out organically and it's just a complete dud, well, then I, I probably wouldn't want to use that as an ad at some point in the future. So that's something <laughs> to note. Um, of like, hey, for you know this type of post or this type of messaging, uh, let's avoid this when it comes to Facebook ads. Because the good thing is about organic, right? There's, there's really no downside to having a, a failed post but um there's there's a very big downside to having a failed ad inside of facebook because you're obviously putting money behind it so it's just a great testing ground overall i love it it's so good final (laughs) question for you alvera are there any trends we should be looking for with our ads in 2022 anything we should be experimenting with yeah. So what what I am emphasizing big time in 2022 is you actually want to just look at your entire funnel much more holistically. So because of all the changes that took place with iOS 14.5, right, ads are more challenging. There's, there's, there's no way around that. It is more difficult to run ads today than it was a year ago and two years ago and so on and so forth. And that trend is just going to continue either because of either other policy um, implementations that companies put in that prevent you from tracking or simply because ad costs get higher. So, you know, what I tell people is that, you know, you used to be able to get away with um, just focusing on the Facebook ad side of things, meaning if you wanted more customers, um, whatever it was, you could simply just spend more money or try a different targeting audience or change up your, you know, ad copy or whatever it might be. So while all those things are still important, you still need to be doing all those things. Um, You can't solely focus on the Facebook ad side of things, right? You really want to look at everything that happens um, um, after the click, so to speak. So on that landing page, how can you can increase that conversion rate? If you're if you're at 25%, you know, what can you do to get it up to 30% and then 35%? Um, your email open rates, if they're at 20%, what can you do to open up to you know 25% and so on and so forth. So you really want to get as much as you can out of the traffic that you're already receiving. Um, another thing that most people 
don't look at, and by most people, I honestly mean like 99.9% of people, is actually the relation between your link clicks and your landing page views on your ad. Because people make the mistake that just because they clicked on your ad, it means that they saw your offer, but that's not the case. Um, oftentimes, actually, if you look at your link clicks and then you also look at your landing page views, which are two metrics that are available to you inside of Ads Manager, more often than not, there's actually a, a very big difference. Uh, I mean, I, I even see some people where, you know, there's a 50% drop off, 60%, 70%. And that's usually a sign of slow loading pages. So certainly be, pay, be paying attention to that because simply by having a faster loading page, more people are actually going to make it to your landing page or your sales page or, you know, whatever it might be. And you're going to be able to get more results that way. So like I said, you want to certainly look at everything and, and just see, you know, what can you do to increase things by 1%, 2%? It may not sound like a lot, but if you keep on uh, achieving these, you know, 1% to 2% increases with your conversion rates, your email open rates, your link clicks to landing page views, conversion rates, so to speak, um, you know, all these percentages month over month over the month, they're going to accumulate and compound. And so by the end of the year, you're going to see a very, very big improvement. Oh, that's such, such good advice. I'm already thinking, oh gosh, we should be doing that with all of our landing pages for our lead magnets. There's so many things that I'm like, ah, gosh, <laughs> we got to do that. You are honestly, Alvera, you are incredible. I'm so grateful to work with you and to have you helping us with all our ads. It's been a game changer for us. So thank you so much. And thank you for sharing your wisdom with our audience. You, I know that you're doing a bonus masterclass for our My Marketing Playbook students for our next uh, mm -hmm. launch, which I'm super excited to have you on board for that because there is so much more that we can be doing and so much more that we can be learning. If we want to grow our business, uh, it's really important that we get this part right. And mm -hmm. I feel very like our students are in for a real treat because you're going to be sharing some wonderful things. And already <laughs> I'm like, I'm taking notes of like, oh, we should be doing this <laughs> and this. So thank you so much. <laughs> totally. You yeah, know, thank you for having me on. And it's, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's amazing. Where can people follow you, connect with you? Uh, so I'm most active on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, actually. So my handle on Instagram is I'm Alvaro Berrios. And then um, for uh, Facebook and also YouTube, it's Alvaro Berrios Digital. Okay, so good. Well, we're going to pop all those links in the show notes. So if you're listening and you want to check out more of Alvaro's work and see, you know, what he's up to, then definitely <laughs> head on over there. But thank you so much for spending the time and for sharing your wonderful tips with us, Alvaro. It's been an absolute treat. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And um, anytime you want me to come back on, I'm happy to do so. That sounds incredible. Yes, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you have it. That is the play-by-play -play for this week. I know that there's a lot to digest in that conversation. So what I want to say to you is if you want to learn more about Facebook ads, if you are like, okay, cool, I've got to get a handle on this and you're doing like Alvera said, you need to test and, and run these ads yourself, then I want to encourage you. It could be a good fit for you to check out my marketing playbook because we have a whole module dedicated to Facebook ads and we have a bonus masterclass coming this year uh, with Alvera. So I know that that's going to be really beneficial. If you want to check that out, you can join the wait list over at mymarketingplaybook.com forward slash course. There'll be a link to that in the show notes if you want to check out more of those things. 
All right. I hope that you feel inspired. I hope that you feel ready to amplify what you're doing and expand your reach with Facebook ads. I hope that you have a wonderful week. And as always, if you love the episode, share it with a business buddy, share it on Instagram, send me a DM, and I'd love to connect with you further. But in the meantime, I'll see you same time, same place next week. Go get them, my friend. Bye.